Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. It's Monday the 4th of November. Coming up, eight more arrests after bodies found in lorry. When you cannot come through regular means, the only way you, can, you might be able to come is go through smugglers. So what is happening is that people take routes that are more dangerous, more deathly. Hundreds of jobs at risk at Chatham Docks. I'm devastated for the workforce that we've built up over the last 33 years or so and and it's just you know tragic and housing minister visits green homes in medway their energy bills are going to be significantly cheaper so it's value for money so affordability in the round and looking at the environment long term kent online news police in vietnam say they've arrested eight people after 39 bodies were found in a lorry near the dartford crossing it's understood the suspects were detained yesterday on charge of organising people smuggling overseas. The country sent a delegation to the UK to work with the British authorities. It comes as the government's being urged to rethink its approach to illegal migration following the discovery in Essex 12 days ago. A group of MPs led by Tunbridge and Walling's Tom Tugendhat says the deaths should act as a wake-up call. The Foreign Affairs Committee's warning shutting the borders to migrants pushes them into the hands of people smugglers. Migrants expert Dr Leonie Ensembles de Vries has been speaking to Sky News. International partnerships um, are very important. Um, this is a huge global issue that cannot be tackled by one government alone. So partnerships like within the EU and of course there is a lot of um, lot going on in terms of uh, EU initiatives on uh, on migration are, are very important. I mean some are I think uh, very problematic in terms of making Um, migrants' lives more difficult and more dangerous. But there are also other initiatives um, which are very important, such as search and rescue, um, to save lives in the Mediterranean, which can only be done collaboratively. If you think about um, migration and especially forced migration, I mean, this is a huge global issue. um, And people move through various different countries. If we think, for instance, if we um, look at it within the EU context, we have, of course, the Schengen Agreement, so people come in in Schengen and within the Schengen uh, area, they can freely move, which means you need a collaborative approach there in that regard. And of course, the UK is not part of Schengen, but still is, uh, is aligned with it in, in some ways. But also, of course, if we really want to um, tackle the issues um, that cause forced migration, we need to collaborate also um, with other partners um, in the countries where people are forced to flee from, right? So we need to think about conflict, we need to think about um, climate change, we need to think about poverty and so on, right? So these are all drivers of migration and cannot uh, be tackled um, by one country alone, but also countries and especially um, Western countries are very much involved in creating conditions in other countries that make people flee. One of the things that a report is speaking about is about the so-called outsourcing of um, migration controls, which means the um, the EU and the UK is very much part of um, these initiatives and agreements. Um, will pay uh, countries such as Libya, but also others in, in uh, sub-Saharan Africa, um, to do migration controls and to try and stop people from moving. But what we see in these countries, and especially um, a place that's quite unstable, such as Libya, what that actually leads to is people can't cross the Mediterranean, right, because they're, they're being stopped there, but they end up in horrific conditions in detention centres. Um, there are reports of torture as well, for instance, and other human rights abuses. Uh, so in that regard, this kind of collaboration and these kind of agreements are also 
very problematic and dangerous and really endangered people's lives. I think there is more focus on, on this issue now, but this has been happening for quite a long time. So if we look back and when we see people crossing the Mediterranean initially in the early 2000s, people would go from West Africa, for instance, to um, the Canary Islands. And then that route is, is, is closed and people start moving further west between Gibraltar and, um, uh, and North Africa, for instance. And again, we see route being closed. People start moving further to the east. So we get the so-called central Mediterranean route. But as this is becoming more difficult and people can't move so easily through that route, we see that people move again. And of course, when you don't have, when you cannot come through regular means, the only way you, can, you might be able to come is go through smugglers. So we see the route moving as migration management policies are, are moving as well, are targeting different aspects. And so we see people starting taking dinghies, for instance, and other boats that are absolutely not right for taking uh, such journeys. But we can also look, um, for instance, now further up in, in Calais, where initially, of course, uh, people would go on lorries there. This is becoming more difficult because of, of increased border controls. Um, so we see a movement of people, for instance, going now via Belgium and even the Netherlands, also going further inland, which means that people get, who get on lorries are going on lorries further inland, which means that the journeys are longer and more dangerous. But what we've also seen, for instance, in the last year in the UK, people are actually trying to get on dinghies to go across um, the channel because they feel that there's no other way of getting there. So what is happening is that people take routes that are more dangerous, more deathly, um, but also we see because for smugglers, it, get, it is getting more difficult, um, which means smugglers are becoming more organised as well. Um, and it's more, it might also get um, more connected then to other forms of crime as well. So you're also forcing um, or kind of expanding these kind of networks as well, and they're becoming um, more organised and more professionalised. These kind of collaborations need to happen at kind of an international scale. The UK has been very heavily involved um, in, in various different programmes and initiatives when it comes to um, migration and, uh, and asylum, and although asylum not so much actually. Um, so what would happen, because it seems that the UK hasn't really got a strategy yet, the Foreign Office doesn't really have a strategy yet of what is going to happen, what the UK is going to do after Brexit when it comes to migration. Um, and if it would kind of just step out um, these kind of uh, agreements, uh, for instance, such as Dublin, uh, then the question is what will replace that? But also if it, if it can no longer shape these kind of policies, um, that means it also loses control. Uh, of what it wants to do in terms of migration policy because a lot of these policies are made at um, EU level at the moment. So I, I guess um, that's why and this report is quite keen to stress that we need a strategy in terms of what are we going to do, how are we going to continue that kind of co uh, collaboration um, after Brexit. I think the report uh, makes a number of really sound points and in terms of recommendations as well. Uh, so in terms of thinking about collaboration, um, also thinking about really um, changing this kind of outsourcing of migration management, but also really important, um, and one of the key points of the report is that it asks for, it calls for an expansion of legal pathways. Uh, so legal routes for people to travel, because at the moment often people do not have a legal, uh, legal route to, um, to enter Europe or to enter the UK. And this is something that in my own research, this is what we have been recommending and, and various other research projects um, that I've read 
um, and seen all recommend that the expansion of, of legal pathways and having a, a proper coherent framework of legal pathways really should be the way forward. Kent Online reports. Mothercare's confirmed its UK business is close to collapsing and it's planning to call in administrators. The children's retailer has 79 shops across the country, including at Canterbury and Bluewater, and employs 2,500 people. Its British operation lost more than £36 million in the financial year to March. A 58-year-old man's died following a crash involving a van on the M25 overnight. The clockwise carriageway was closed for five hours following the collision between junctions 5 and 6. Investigators are keen to speak to witnesses or anyone with dashcam footage. A man who tried to burn down a woman's home in Canterbury after a row has been jailed. A court heard Azaz Ahmed posted death threats to this victim on social media before travelling to her home in February. The 23-year-old from Sturry Road in the city has been sentenced to nine years and will serve six behind bars before being released on an extended licence. A campaign's underway to try and save hundreds of jobs in Medway after the owners of Chatham Docks announced plans to close. We told you last week that Peel LMP had said they were going to shut in 2025, putting 800 roles at risk. They've suggested the area could be developed into housing, shops and leisure space instead. Arcelor, Mittal, Kent Wire Limited have been based at the docks for more than 30 years. Philip Taylor is their CEO. I'm devastated for the workforce that we've built up over the last 33 years or so. And, and it's just you know, tragic that manufacturing jobs, which everyone locally says are so important, seem to, to be neglected for you know, uh, mixed-use re- residential development. You know, it, it's, it's, it's ludicrous. We'll never build another port like this. It's such a valuable local and national asset. We have to protect it. We've been involved in forming a, a, an association of all the major tenants within the docks. Uh, and as a united voice, we hope that we'll be able to make the council sit up and listen, that they have to protect what's there, not just for now, but for, f- for the future. I've got highly skilled manufacturing and port operations. I've got young apprentices working for me. I've got a young team that we're t- trying to nurture now to, to, to be the next leaders of this company. Yeah, it, it, it's devastating for them. So we've got to do everything we can to ensure that that Medway Council understand the value of this asset and don't allow it to be redeveloped. A lot of my workers are local. They walk and cycle to work. If we were to move to Sheerness, then these guys will lose their jobs. And that's the last thing that we need in the Medway area. The emerging local framework development plan that Medway Council are putting together, I'd like them to protect Medway docks, Chatham docks. It's important that, that this asset is protected. And currently, it's it's in danger of being lost to mixed-use development so far as the emerging local framework development plan is concerned. And we need that changed. We need the council to change that part of the plan. You can see KMTV's video report by following KMFM News on Facebook and Twitter. Kent Online News. A man's been taken to hospital with serious injuries after a car overturned when driving off from police in Dartford. The Audi collided with a parked car on a driveway on Cedar Drive in Sutton at Hone in the early hours of yesterday. A 20-year-old's been arrested on suspicion of dangerous driving and it's been referred to the police watchdog. We can now reveal the names of 
of dozens of buildings in Kent that have been issued with warnings after breaching fire safety regulations. 28 have been served prohibition notices banning or restricting use of the premises until problems have been sorted. Issues could include inadequate fire escapes, the number of people exceeding the building's capacity or unsuitable fire detection systems. You can see the list at kentonline.co.uk. A woman suffered an allergic reaction after nuts were added to a dish at a Medway restaurant, even though it had been advertised as nut-free. She'd been eating a starter at Villaggio at Chatham Dockside when she suffered an anaphylactic shock and had to be taken to hospital. Bosses have apologised and say they will learn from what's happened. The housing minister's been in Medway to visit the most energy-efficient homes ever built on a mass scale in the UK. The eco-friendly development at Kitchener Barracks in Chatham will offer more than 300 new homes in time for spring 2021. Harry's been chatting to Esther McVeigh. If you look at this development that Top Hat are doing, uh, it is about uh, the sensitivities of a conservation area. So it is about building beautiful, building homes for the future. We're also looking at zero carbon homes. So we're looking at the environment, but also I've spoken to Lorraine and Paul who've just moved in. I mean, their energy bills are going to be significantly cheaper, so it's value for money, so affordability in the round and looking at the environment long term. Affordability, that's one part of it as well, because it's all well and good building lots of nice houses, but people have to be able to afford them, and if you can keep the bills down, that goes one part. Because that's the sort of monthly cost, that's the sort of yearly cost. Uh, But what I've been impressed about here as well, going inside the homes, is A, how spacious they are, because it's about the light, it's about the environment, um, it's about the adaptability, and it really is looking to the needs of the homeowner. So it's really putting the customer first, and it's also looking at the community. So how have we kept um, the, 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 the character of the area? And that really is key, the communities for the future. And it's all taking place in Medway, which on Friday has just had announced that it's going to receive £170 million from the Housing Infrastructure Fund. An absolutely massive announcement for the area. New train stations, new 10,500 homes. Um, How important is that fund in particular to developing areas which, frankly, if you ask anyone in Medway, does need it? When people see new homes coming, they need to ensure that there's also the infrastructure and that's going obviously from uh, the roads to the train stations, also to the GPs and to the schools. So that HIF fund is all about ensuring that infrastructure's there so that when you get new homes, it fits seamlessly into the local community. So I'm delighted uh, that you, you you had your new HIF fund here and I'm delighted with what's going on, these sort of zero carbon, environmentally friendly homes fit for the future and just on that final point on the environment how do you kind of strike the balance of yes being environmentally friendly but then also not taking up lots of green space with ten and a half thousand homes which might be the case over in Medway yeah and that that is key because again that is about ensuring you protect the area in the environment so what we're looking at is regeneration of sites what we're doing is making sure that brownfield sites are developed first and listening to the local community what do they want uh, we've got to build many many more homes uh, because for too long a period a uh, demand has outstripped supply but we're doing that in a sensitive way and forward looking at environmental needs and community needs kent online reports two men have 
have been taken to hospital following a house fire near Folkestone. Crews were called to Canterbury Road in Limminge at around three yesterday afternoon and found the first floor of the property full of smoke. The men who were in their 40s and 70s have been treated for the effects of breathing it in. Meantime, a cat's been rescued by firefighters and given oxygen following a blaze at a home in Whitstable. It broke out in a kitchen on Harridge Street just before eight this morning after items were left on the hob. We're told travellers are the reason why a popular activity centre in Kent closed over the weekend. Bet's Hanger Park in Deal announced yesterday it would be temporarily shut until further notice. Managers have now confirmed travellers have moved onto the site and they're pursuing legal proceedings to have them removed. And at kentonline.co.uk you can see pictures of a seal that's been spotted in the River Medway in Maidstone. She's been nicknamed Sally and was photographed at Allington Lock and later seen not far from the law courts. Experts say it's a good sign as they follow fish and that means the fish population in the river is thriving. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham suffered a heavy 3-0 defeat at home to Rotherham United in League One at the weekend despite Jill's goalkeeper Jack Bonham saving a penalty. They were two behind at half-time before conceding a third goal late on. Jill's boss Steve Evans told us what he thought of the match. Yeah, I think it's a harsh goal line in fairness. I think you you look at big moments in the game, you know, within within a minute or two, we've gone from a back pass putting Reagan through in goal to the referee giving offside to them having a, a penalty. I've not seen it back. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's a penalty or not because it's, it's going in a pace where Jack Bales is, is a great save. And then we're, we're just poor, aren't we? We're just poor for the goal. You have to say to Bob Crooks, it's a great finish. Um, but we're on the we're on the back foot then, aren't we? We're um, we're struggling a little bit. Um, that's not forgetting the first goal when it's, it's just a mix up with Connor and Jack. It happens. It shouldn't happen, but it happens at all levels of the game. I think second half we've camped in the half. We've made a number of good half opportunities. You'd say the half chances certainly. Um, we've certainly made one good chance. Where you could be at when you should probably score. And they got a block in. Another one from Mark Burn. They got a block in. And then obviously in the third goal, it's irrelevant. We're throwing caution to the wind and trying to almost play with four or five up front, trying to get a goal to salvage something. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apportion blame to anyone other than we'll get back on the training ground and, and walk hard. I think the turning point is the referee getting a huge decision wrong. Their, go- their player has played the ball back. Reagan is through and goal, and he gives offside. If we go one up front, it's a changed, it's a different game. But we'll take nothing away from Rotherham. The spend fortunes that have been there have been, have been a benefactor of it. It's huge investment in the players. got a good squad, good manager, great support. There's nothing changes that I wouldn't have thought last week. Gillingham are now 16th in the table. On to cricket and the third match in England's T20 series against New Zealand gets underway later. The Black Caps levelled the series after beating Owen Morgan's side by 21 runs in Wellington at the weekend. Kent Sam Billings is in the squad for the game, which starts in Nelson at one in the morning our time. And finally today, Kent's Jack Green has announced he's retiring from athletics Athletics at the age of 28. The Maidstone-born hurdler won bronze medals at the World and European Championships and came fourth in the 4x400metre relay at the London 2012 Olympics. He's previously opened up about his struggles with mental health and says he's not willing to lose himself in the hunt for success. That's it for now, but for more news throughout the day, you can head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Thank you.